the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hillary has the answer. Yep, that's right. Here it is. Hot off the presses. Uh, It is breaking news, as we like to say. Quote, Hillary Clinton suggests that Americans vote for president by email. What a tremendous idea. This whole vote by mail thing, nobody wants to do that. I mean, you know, who wants to deal with stamps? Nobody does that anymore. And the nice thing about Mrs. Clinton is that she has actually, this is amazing, but she's actually offered to run the server herself. She says her server, according to the story, can handle up to 30,000 emails per second. And here's her quote in the story. Quote, I'd guarantee no votes sent in by email would be lost. They'd be safe and secure. Our security systems are to die for, unquote. Story goes on to say that uh, some people criticized the suggestion and said that email is inherently insecure and that emails have a way of disappearing when they're, you know, inconvenient to Clinton's purposes. Uh, These people have not been heard from since. (laughs) Of course, this is not a real story. It comes from our friends at Babylon B, but I love it, and I, I don't know what I'd do without a good dose of uh, Babylon B every day. There's three or four good ones every day. That's a good one. Anyway, it comes at a good time because today President Trump, um, he sent out a tweet saying that it would be a bad idea to have uh, voting by mail for the 2020 election. And the problem was that he finished that tweet by asking the question, and it was a question, that he, it was a question not a statement. He's being accused of making this as a statement. He asked the question with three question marks, and it, and it said, should the election be postponed? That was a question. Now, of course, the media jumped all over that, and even people in the conservative media trashed him, and everybody made sure that they told him that it was unconstitutional and it couldn't be done and blah, blah, blah. But again, he asked it as a question. He stated that this the idea is a bad one. It's uh, open for fraud, which a lot of people agree with. And once again, Trump is playing them like a fiddle. Guess what the media are talking about today? Yep, voting by mail, which is exactly what President Trump wanted them to be talking about. Well, today on the show, we're going to be talking about John Lewis and about how the rioters slash protesters or protesters slash rioters, I guess, depending on how you look at it, in 2020 could learn from him and the people he marched with. And then in the second half hour, I'm going to introduce you uh, to uh, what well, I think is going to be a new word for you. Uh, I, I think I have a pretty good idea of what my audience is here, but I, I don't think you'll have heard of this word. But uh, do you know anyone or have you ever been you, uh, woke-fished? That's uh, woke-fished, W-O-K-E-F-I-S-H-E-D. Apparently it's a thing now on social media, and I know you want to make sure you're keeping yourself current with everything in social media. So you'll find out in about 20 minutes or so if you've been or want to be woke fished. But when we come back, how today's civil rights rioters and protesters missed the point. Stick around. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. 
Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea Miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's Windows or Us Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh.com. You've heard all the lies about President Trump. Trump is a racist. Trump is Putin's pet. Here's the truth. Trump is the most effective conservative president that America has had in decades. And every lie they spread about him is targeting you. This is Kurt Schlichter, and my new book is called The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It does what no other book does. It knocks down the 21 biggest lies about our president with facts and logic and humor. Trump obstructed justice. Trump hates immigrants. These are big lies, and the reason for the lies is simple. President Trump is the first president in a long time to stand up for the Constitution and for conservative principles. And when the left wants to tear down everything this country stands for, my new book, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, explains why this president's courage and common sense are exactly what we need today. This is the most important book of the year. Read it and you'll agree. The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You by me, Kurt Schlichter. Get it wherever books are sold. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. John Lewis got a good and well-deserved send-off today. Uh, you know you've done well when a former president delivers your eulogy, especially when you're a guy with a history like John Lewis, and it's the first and only black president who's uh, delivering that eulogy. There'll be more protests and riots tonight, uh, I'm sure. It all started with the death of George Floyd. Who knows what it's all about now? Christine Flowers is a syndicated columnist in Philadelphia, and she wrote today about how the current group of protesters slash rioters uh, could learn from John Lewis. She joins us now. Christine, thanks for being here. It's been a while. Thanks for coming on. Hey, John. Great to talk to you. I just said to Mike when he called me, I said, how are my cross-state cousins doing? And I I don't think he he, he realized he was calling Philadelphia, but I had a great deal of love and affection for Pittsburgh. Oh, do I do, and I'm going to ask you about Philadelphia. I have to. But I'll get to that in a minute. Because, um, uh, uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> your your piece started with a story about your dad uh, and the early civil rights movement he was involved in. What was that story? Yeah, thanks, John. Um, my father, who died many years ago, he died in 1982. He was only 43. He, uh, as a young man, just out of uh, Temple Law School, in the uh, late spring and early summer of 1967, went down to Mississippi with a group called Lawyers United for Civil Rights under the law. Um, Daddy went down, his name was Ted Flowers, Daddy went down to Jackson and Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and was essentially was doing a, a bunch of different things. He represented 
indigent black criminal defendants. Um, he was also helping to register individuals to, to vote and also to run for public office. And while he was down there, he had his own run-in with Ku Klux Klan late at night. You know, he's this Yankee boy, uh, this Catholic Irish Yankee boy, right? He couldn't hide the fact that he was Irish because he was a redhead with freckles. Um, he had little children calling him the N-word and just putting white in front of it. They called him white N-word. Right. Um, he had people spit on him at the courthouse steps when he would be going in. So it, it was a bad experience. And this was just a couple of years after the uh, uh, Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman were murdered in that other Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Mississippi, and their bodies turned up in a ditch. So it was a dangerous time. And the reason that I mentioned my father was that he had started to write his memoir when he was diagnosed with cancer uh, back in 1981. And I have pages and pages and pages of his unfinished memoir that he, where he talks about his experiences down south. And I said, when John Lewis died, and I saw the tributes to him, and I actually saw the flashbacks and the pictures and the videos of the type of man that he was and the protesters that he marched with, their character and their, their caliber and their quality, it reminded me that, number one, I needed to get my dad's memoir put together. And number mm -hmm. two, there is a, a glaring clash between the character and quality of Martin Luther King Jr. and John Lewis and, and Ralph Abernathy um, and, you know, all of the great, great civil rights heroes from the past and the people who are marching today and protesting in a so-called in their so-called so-called quote quote peace protests, and so that was the, really the focus of my piece that there is a real uh, difference in the quality of the people and the quality and the character of the marches and the protests today in 2020 as opposed to what we had 40, 50, 60 years ago. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I know you're a conservative because on your uh, Twitter uh, profile it says you're too conservative for the Philadelphia Inquirer, where you used to write a column. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but your dad was. Um, uh, that's a pretty liberal thing to do back in 1967. Um, you know what? You know what, John. It's a liberal, it, it, no, it's, it, it's a human thing to do. Yeah, and yeah, but at that time it would have been considered a liberal, wouldn't he? It, it would have, but if you think, and I agree with you, but if you think about it, you know, taking politics out of it, there mm -hmm. are so many conservatives who are in favor of civil human rights. There were Catholic priests, Protestant ministers, Jewish rabbis, people of faith who marched with you know, John Lewis on the Edmund Pettus yeah. Bridge and, and all of this. So when they point to conservatives as not being in favor of, of civil and human rights, I laugh. My father was a social conservative. My father w would have been pro-life, even though the pro-life movement really didn't exist strongly yeah. um, before he passed away. You know, my father was a social conservative, and yet that's what I was he, getting at—that that he yeah. that you can do what he did and not be a um, a liberal Democrat necessarily. Absolutely, the liberal Democrats. I have to say, a lot of what they have done is for show. A lot of what they have done is is really a lot of pretense and pretext because they take people for granted. They take minorities for granted. They take women. They take the votes of women for granted. I'm an immigration lawyer. They take the votes of immigrants for granted. And I think that the people who really do represent human rights, civil rights, decency, are those who define themselves as social conservatives, those who are pro-life, those who are pro, you know, the nuclear family. And what angers about the Black Lives Matter movement is that it has completely been co-opted by the left as if, you know, conservatives don't care about black lives. That's outrageous. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Some of Martin Luther King Jr. was a minister. People of faith care about these rights. And I don't like the way that the narrative, and it's been advanced by the certain in the media, not you, not me, not, 
you know, a large swath of, unfortunately, we have to be called conservative media, but so many in the mainstream media make it seem as if only liberals carry the standard for human and civil rights. And I laugh when I see that because it's just not true. Well, by excluding conservatives, it exalts them. They exalt themselves and they, they raise themselves higher by because it sets them apart as being so unique and only they can possibly care that much. Uh, that's that's all part of it. But what was the big difference in the approach of those marchers that you that you gathered from your the stuff that your dad wrote about? Well, for example, I note in my piece that there are photos of John Lewis uh, dressed in a shirt and a tie, and he is kneeling. He is kneeling in front of a business that not let him in a segregated segregated business, and he was praying praying in front of that business. His attitude of prayer was respectful. His attitude of prayer was something that you can look at and say, this is a man who really cares about human rights and does not have hate in his heart. I contrast that with the kneeling of Colin Kaepernick, who knelt at the uh, playing of the national anthem, not to show, not as a prayer for solidarity, not as a prayer for reconciliation, but as a, an act, a symbol of defiance and anger towards a country that has done so much to make amends for its pain. He also happened to do it while wearing a pair of socks that equated police officers to pigs. And the reason that I made that distinction is that John Lewis, who was almost beaten to death by, by police down south in Selma, was able in his later years to work with the police, work with law enforcement, work across the aisle with Republicans, with conservatives, to try and get some kind of resolution. Whereas the BLM of today, the Colin Kaepernick's and the, the knee takers of today, they're not looking to reach across the aisle. They're not looking for reconciliation. They are looking to stick a finger in the eye and call people who do not agree with them racist. So that's something that I noticed. I also noticed that the protesters of yesteryear were, you know, when you say well-behaved, it's almost like saying, oh, well, you know, you know that, that's ridiculous to talk about manners. But they were dignified. As I said, they used Bibles. They used the law like Third Marshall with the Milk Fund and my dad. They used their bodies like John Lewis, but they didn't use them in an offensive way. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't burn down buildings like they did in my city of Philadelphia. They didn't burn police cars. They were respectful. And yet they had a lot more to complain about than the millennial Gen Z whatever protesters of today. Yeah, we're talking to Christine Flowers. She's a syndicated columnist. Where can people find your writing right now, Christine? Um, I post it on my Twitter feed at FlowerLady61. And I also uh, I appear in the Delaware County Daily Times, which the website is www.delcotimes.com. Com. It's all one word. But I post it, also post it on my Facebook page so you can find me at the public page. And, um, you know, reach out. Now, uh, okay, we get back to this uh, story here that, you know, as I was watching that, uh, a little bit of the, uh, of the uh, funeral today, um, I, uh, I, I started thinking, uh, we just mentioned that, that John Lewis was almost beaten to death on that bridge back in the 60s. And if he would have, could have ever imagined that when he finally did die, which uh, after living a long life, that he would be eulogized by a black president. I mean, that's a long time ago. It, took 50, it was 50 years ago, more, uh, yeah, 50 years ago almost, that he was doing the marching. But it happened. And that's, that's what he was marching for, and it, and it happened. And, it, and it's, it's not perfect yet, but for anybody to deny that there's been progress, it would, you're just not paying attention. That's exactly right. And that's why I say those who fought, who marched, who bled years ago had real grievance, had real mountains to climb. The people of today who are attempting to make it seem as this is an overwhelmingly racist nation really are looking for something 
to protest. They're looking for something to march about. Um, Alyssa Milano, (laughs) I laugh when I say Alyssa, she tweeted out this rant the other night, and part of it was about how racist it was that the police shot a sleeping black woman, namely Breonna Taylor. And I tweeted back at her. I said, the police did not know that Breonna Taylor was black. They didn't see her when they thought. It was one of those unfortunate no-knock uh, entries, yeah. you know, or, or tend yeah. to the rest. It was not a racist act. And to try and turn that into some point, you know, sense of racism, I said it would have been just as tragic if a sleeping white woman had been killed. Don't try and manipulate and exploit and use this to advance some kind of post-George Floyd idea that we are a racist country, that we are a nation that is killing black people. It, it, it undermines and disrespects and so horribly dishonors the, the legacy of people like John Lewis, like um, Charles Evers, who just died the other day, who was the brother of the martyred Medgar Evers. My dad met Charles Evers, who was down in Mississippi. These were great men. C.T. Vance, the minister, who, you know, who carried his Bible with him everywhere. When you do these ridiculously stupid things like Alyssa and her fellow travelers, you are actually exhibiting a racism that cannot be ignored. Because you're making up these, these, these instances of racism just to make, just to aggrandize yourself, aggrandize, as you mentioned, John, you know, to make yourself look better, to pat yourself on the back. And frankly, I got to say, a lot of this is all about white people who want to show how woke they are and how, you know, they acknowledge their white privilege and they want to come out and show what good people they are. A lot of this has nothing to do with African-Americans and everything to do with white, woke, liberal. And I see it every single day in my poor, beleaguered city of Philadelphia. Yep, and, and I only have two minutes left, and I'm up against a hard break, and I know you've done radio, so you know what that means. Um, how are, oh, yeah. So how are things in Philadelphia? Uh, has His Excellency Tom Wolfe and uh, Rachel <laughs> kept the hysteria alive there? They've done a good job of keeping the flames, flame in, uh, flames fanned. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my goodness, they have. And they have a willing uh, servant fellow traveler, our mayor, Mayor Jim Kenney, who, when he's not busy trying to tear down uh, the Columbus statue, you know, and, and maligning and insulting and slandering Italian-Americans, of whom I happen to be one, when he's not doing that, he's trying to make everybody scared and afraid that if they don't wear a mask at every single moment, including while taking a shower, they will contract the coronavirus. They will contract covid we also have stores that are still boarded up, John, that will never reopen because of the so-called peaceful protests that took place over Memorial Day. We yeah. have, uh, you know, people who are out of work because their businesses folded because of the protests, because of the rioting. And, yeah, Philly's in great shape right now. Is, is <laughs> there any penguins, push? by the way. I'm rooting for the Penguins, not the Flyers right now, because of what they did to uh, Kate, Kate Smith. Yeah, they took Kate Smith out of there. Yeah, they had to do that. I uh, got about a minute and a half. Is there any pushback from the local media, or is it mostly cheerleading? I'm talking about the non-talk show media. Uh, is it mostly cheerleading that we get here from local media? Whatever the governor says, they just put up the graphic, and this is what you have to do, and there's no pushback. Got one minute. Well, pretty much the Inquirer just sends its columns to the, um, to the mayor and or the governor just so that they can make sure that everything is correct. The mayor and the governor sign off on those articles, and then they publish them. I mean, I'm being facetious, but yeah, no. There has been no pushback from that's, our paper of record, which is the Inquirer. That's what kills me. I got 30 seconds. Do you, do you know what it is to be woke-fished? Woke-fished? Woke-fished. <laughs> no. like F- well, people who are listening to the radio are going to find out after we take this break, but it's a, it's a new thing on social media uh, about how to snare a progressive uh, date, I guess, by you say you, you, you pretend you're woke and you it's kind of like catfished, but it's woke fished. Why would anybody want to date a liberal? <laughs> I don't know. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Christine. We'll be right back. Take, take care, John. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Former GOP presidential candidate Herman Cain has died after battling the coronavirus. He was 74. The former pizza company executive 
had been an outspoken backer of the president and was named by the campaign as a co-chair of Black Voices for Trump. Tropical Storm Isaiah battering Puerto Rico as it continues on a forecast track toward the U.S. mainland. Congress has awarded the Congressional Gold Medal, its highest honor, to surviving crew members of the USS Indianapolis. That's the ship that delivered key components of the first nuclear bomb and was later sunk by Japan during World War II. The death toll of 879 men, the largest single disaster at sea in U.S. Navy history. Wall Street closing mix, the Dow dropped 225 points today. The Nasdaq gained 44. The S&P was off a dozen. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771 or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Dan Proft doesn't understand the argument against shutting down the schools. The Centers for Disease Control's most recent report, 12 pediatric COVID deaths total compared to 174 pediatric flu deaths this season. In 2018-2019 flu season, there were 400 pediatric deaths. In the 2009 swine flu pandemic, 2,000 children died. 12 so far pediatric COVID-19 deaths in America, and we've shut down the schools. The Dan Proft Show, weeknights at 9 at AM 12. 50, the answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. The Answer Pittsburgh celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound senior's achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at theanswerpgh.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP-Pittsburgh. W223CS-Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Medical technology allows us to see inside the womb like never before. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. More than 8 out of 10 women seeking abortion will change their mind if they're allowed to see an ultrasound of their baby. It's not surprising that abortion organizations fight to stop mandatory ultrasound laws. They lose money and life triumphs. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Still dealing with a pretty much of a mess on the outbound side of 28, jammed up from Ohio Street up to near the Highland Park Bridge, close to a half-hour delay. Better than it was, but still really busy through there. Congested also on the Parkway East outbound, a seven-minute delay roughly from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound also slow into the tunnel and into the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, a little congested inbound from 19 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Cloudy tonight with a shower or thunderstorm, low 67. Sunshine and some clouds for tomorrow, high 82. Friday night, clouds low 63. Clouds and sun on Saturday with a shower or thunderstorm, high 81. 
cloudy and humid Sunday with showers and a thunderstorm with a high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, 100 years from now, if there still is a civilization, there's a pretty good chance that um, historians will be looking back at the 21st century and saying that social media was the beginning of the end of uh, human civilization. We have another example of why that might be the case for you today. Have you ever been woke-fished? Or do you know anyone who has been woke-fished? That's W-O-K-E-F-I-S-H-E-D. There's a chance that you may have been woke-fished and you didn't know it. Karen Strawn is from Edmonton, Alberta. She has a YouTube channel called Girl Writes What? And she's an anti-feminist. Karen, thanks for coming on again. Had you on a while ago. Oh, Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, no worries. And don't don't worry about me. I will never have. I will never be woke-fished. Oh, okay. Well, I'll ask you why. I wasn't going to... Uh, how can you... How, well, how do I know? Because, I mean... Go ahead. I'm I'm just not woke. Oh, okay. I'm not, <laughs> okay. I'm not woke, so you, know, you got to be woke in the gonna... first place to be fished. I get it. Uh, to be woke fished for sure. Yes. You know, I mean, like the, the whole the whole idea of woke fishing is, um, you know, you, I guess you pose on uh, Tinder or OkCupid or a dating app uh, as somebody who's interested in soy products and and protesting. Uh, social ju- with social justice causes and and you know really being progressive and maybe wearing a mankini or something I don't know and you go looking for uh, I guess one might call them woke floozies to uh, who who are willing to put out on the first date I'm guessing that's what it is so yeah well uh, I think every man well I just leave it at that but what you said but um, let's. I mean, for this to work, so so the idea is that I'm I'm a young guy and I'm trying to uh, get myself a date, and so I go on one of these uh, dating apps, these match-up apps, and um, I see that uh, the person who's who I'm who I'm trying to get matched up with is a. Uh, uh, how do I know that she's a feminist? Is that all in your profile? Um, you know, I think you can tell. There's. There's something in nature called aposematic uh, coloring, you know, the, the bright red frogs that are poisonous, you know, the, yeah. the black and white stripes on bees and things like that warn other creatures to stay away. Um, <laughs> and, you know, feminists and social justice warriors tend to, like, sort of take that to a, a whole other level with their, their you know, uh, dyed hair and their facial piercings and their... They're, you know, all over tattoos and things like that. Uh, so, but I think that, I think that, you know, I, I'm not going to deny that woke fishing exists. I mean, part of me kind of is, is like, uh, I don't really think this is a huge issue. Like, I don't think it's a, like a, a huge phenomenon because uh, generally um, people in the social justice movement aren't really that attractive. Um or at least not necessarily physically attractive, but, you know, intellectually attractive, uh, emotionally attractive, you know, like they, there are all kinds of, there's all kinds of baggage everywhere yeah. um, between the saddlebags and the, and the emotional and psychological baggage. Um, but, uh, but I'm sure that there are some men who are desperate enough to, uh, to woke fish, uh, because uh, there is a reputation. I mean, you know, feminists and and other woke people are are very um, they're very behind the sex positive thing and the you know women should be allowed to be promiscuous too thing and all of that. And mm-hmm. you know, I would just I would just tell your listeners who may be listening to this and thinking this is a good idea. Um, there is uh, an old saying that says, "Don't stick something in crazy." Um, and I would just warn you against it. Uh, essentially, uh, every single person that I know who's been uh, wrongfully, uh, falsely accused of sexual misconduct has been accused by somebody with very progressive values. So, sure. um, that's, that's yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're really, uh, you're, you're walking through a minefield there. It's not worth it. But this is, a, but it, 
But I mean, I'm I'm way too old to have been involved in uh, a dating app. Uh, but for this to work, uh, progressives would have to be really picky about who they date or have relationships with. I mean, I don't remember ever caring what a girl's politics were when I was young and single. If uh, back then you uh, you called a girl or a woman up and asked them out, you didn't. At the point that you talked to them, you were attracted to them physically. You may have run into them somewhere. You may have heard some scouting reports on them. But you, it's, you, you sound so wholesome. Yeah, but you may you make the call uh, without you know who nobody cared. Now is that is that a thing that you well, it's think, so important that you match up that way? No, well I think for a lot of for a lot of women it is, and I think that this is a phenomenon uh, primarily with with men who are woke fishing progressive women, um, because uh, women don't tend to have to uh, resort to those types of tactics. Uh, women have a much easier time in the dating market, at least in terms of, because uh, there's two goals in the dating market. One is to get a commitment. That's the one that women have a hard time with. They have to put a lot of effort into. And the other is getting uh, sexual uh, interaction and that yeah. getting sex- sexual interaction. And, and that's what men have a harder time with, right? And so you look on these dating apps, right? It's generally going to be men who are you know, lying about how much money they make and lying about, you know, how tall they are and things like that. Um, and women will have a list of, they, they you know, may, ha- may not have a list of virtues that they embody. They will have a list of demands in terms of, you know, these are the men that I want to date. And you even look at the research on these things uh, on Tinder, uh, men swipe right, which is, uh, you know, I, I like this person. That's basically mm-hmm. what it says. I like this person on 60% of profiles, of women's profiles, and women swipe right on only 5% of men's profiles. So, I mean, you, you're really looking at a, an uneven market where if, if it's casual dating and casual sex, it's, it's really a seller's market for, for women. Um, and, uh, so, you're looking at this situation where there are men who are, uh, I think they can spot, uh, the signifiers, you know, that tells, tells them that this woman might be vegan or she might be, have progressive values and all of that. And all of those things also tend to come along with sexually progressive values. Like, um, she's, she's definitely not going to be the, the 21 year old, a woman who's saving herself for marriage, right? You know, she's... So, I mean, I think that's really what's going on. And uh, and I think that men largely have given up on the whole idea of marriage um, and a long-term commitment uh, that, that seems to be sort of not in the cards. It's kind of like uh, millennials never uh, having such a low chance of ever getting on the property ladder. Um, it's just not something that they see as, as realistic in their futures. So... I think that that's really what's going on, and and I would just again uh, advise uh, your your list your male listeners uh, who may be tempted to uh, to do this. Uh, there there are all kinds of progressive initiatives uh, that want to make it uh, a form of of rape to uh, lie about your income or lie about your job or lie about you know your education or misrepresent yourself in any way and uh and if you do that then they did not then your sexual partner did not give informed consent and and of course it does this doesn't apply to you know if if a woman yeah. has i don't know breast this, implants this, or, this or is one of those things apply. uh karen that uh, makes me say something i say all the time and that is that words can't describe how glad i am to have grown up when i did because what, what you just described oh, yeah. there um, oh, I absolutely! Mean, it was always a challenge, uh, you know, to to get a uh, uh, get a good catch. You know, whether it wasn't wasn't it was some yeah. kind of there was some fishing going on uh, for a guy. But um, I, I just wonder in your in your uh, work and when, in your uh, research for all this kind of stuff, what's the percentage of young people out there who are um, depending on an app to get themselves? Uh, a relationship, whether it's a, and I'm not talking about a one night stand. I'm talking about you know they want to meet somebody, and a oh, guy well, or know, a woman. Well, okay. What percentage so is out I, there? I would, 
I don't know what percentage is out there. Yeah. I do know that I was on the market back uh, when I was uh, about 38, 39 years old, and I used dating apps. Um, you know, but they were, you know, I was highly selective, and the people that I, you know, in, engaged with were also yeah. selective, right? And we, I put right in there that I was looking for a long-term relationship, right? Um, I would never have gone on, on a Tinder, which is sort of like, you know, a hookup app or whatever, but... Um, yeah. But when you when you look at it now, so much of it is is just you know the swipe right, swipe left routine, and you know here's how it goes for most men. You know they swipe right sixty times out of a hundred, and and then maybe five uh, percent of the women they swiped right on will swipe right on them, and then they can message back and forth, and so he sends a message and. And uh, out of every 10 women he sends an initial message to, maybe he'll hear back from one, and she's responding. She's gotten 95 messages, and she's responding to, like, maybe five or 10, and uh, she's discarded the others. And then she does the follow-up, and it's kind of like being the, uh, you know, the, the, the initial swipe right is the swimsuit competition of the Miss America pageant or the ball gown competition. And then, uh, you know, she's the judge of the man. And then, then on the, uh, on the question and answer portion of the competition, that's, that's the one or two messages that she's willing to, uh, to commit to vetting a guy. And, uh, and then she'll leave all of those men dangling um, and just pretend that they never existed. Like she doesn't need to, to answer them back and say hi, no thanks, I'm not interested anymore, I'm off the market, or or she just ghosts them. So I mean, this is just the reality of of dating on these these apps. Uh, that there's because of the way the sexual marketplace is, because it is so much based on sex and so little based on commitment. Commi- commitment is where men have the the sort of the upper hand. Um, in the, in the, I guess the dance or the bargain of the sexes. Um, nobody cares about commitment. Women could, you know, they could go until they could, they can live their lives, go to a sperm bank, have babies and, and they'll be, you know, fine or they'll get some cats or whatever. They're fine. They're strong, independent women. They don't need no man. And, so it really all has kind of boiled down to this sexual dance where women hold all the cards. And and uh, and it's very frustrating to me because I, I look at it and I think, you know, like, why would men even want to participate? Well, I, I can't, um, the, the more you describe it, Karen, the less I would even want to think about participating in it. Unless I was, uh, if I was single and on the prowl and... Uh, I'll say anything. You know, what would you like me to say? Whatever's going to work, I'll say it. And yeah, uh, and I'll give you a cab fare in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, and and the women <laughs> women have have had that. That's that's nothing new. I mean, that goes back five hundred years, where a man will will express his love for a woman, and he's he's only doing it for one reason, and uh, and it's called a one night stand. I guess it used to be called that. I guess they don't exist anymore. But but uh, I mean. I, 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 well, there used to be laws against that, though. There actually used to be laws against that. There were laws called seduction laws. I think the last one was taken off the books in the United States in 1958 or something. A man could actually be criminally prosecuted for uh, seducing a uh, woman of good virtue. Oh, by, by with saying no that in, with, he's looking with for no intention. Yeah. Yeah, with no intention to committing toward her, right? But there's never really been any uh, protection against uh, against women who take advantage of men. So it's it's really, um, in fact, I think we essentially enable women to take advantage of men. There was a thing called the the heart balm racket. Uh, it was called the the law. The law involved was a breach of promise law. And back in the 1920s, there were women who would. Uh, they would be really sweet and really wonderful, and they would finagle an engagement from a man, and then he'd publicly announce it, and then she'd turn into, uh, you know, y- your mother-in-law only, you know, on, <laughs> on her worst day, yeah. and uh, until she, until he would finally break off the engagement, and then she would sue him, and she would get a ton of money, uh, and then she'd just... go and do it to some other guy. 
It's been tough for our men. I have about a minute and a half left, uh, uh, Karen. We're talking to Karen Strawn, um, and I, I have to. I only have a minute and a half. So, who are the honey badgers that you're involved with? Oh, the honey badgers. We are a not very woke, um, uh, but very red pilled group of mostly women, uh, some men, and uh, we just do regular podcasts on YouTube. And uh, I should be on there tonight uh, in about an hour and a half or two hours. Um, but we, we do weekly podcasts, and uh, we mostly talk about men's issues, men's rights issues, uh, legal issues, uh, social justice issues, um, sort of the hypocrisy uh, of what's going on in politics today, and uh, and all of those lovely things. And uh, we swear, and, and we uh, uh, one, one of us belches, sometimes she snores, um, and uh, it's all very fun. So. But it's your, but it's anti-feminist and it's all pro-men. It it well, I mean, it's all pro-men in the sense that we think men are human too. You know, we don't it's, yeah. we don't yeah. say that men don't have flaws, right. but uh, men are no more flawed than anybody else. So, hey, Karen, I'm I, good to have you on again. Thank you very much, Karen Strawn. You can find her on YouTube. Just uh, S T R A U G H N. Look it up. I don't have time to give you the directions, but you'll find it. Thanks, Karen. Thank you very much. We'll be back. Uncle Tom is a movie that leftist Democrats don't want you to see, which, of course, is one big reason why you should want to see it. Uh, Uncle Tom stars Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Herman Cain, and Brandon Tatum. Now, they all share three things in common. They're courageous, they had a life-changing experience, and they are black conservative Americans. Something else they have in common? Their voices are the ones the leftists don't want you to hear at a time when so many desperately need to hear it. It's their stories of how their lives were changed when they finally figured out the truth. It's the story of black conservatives in their own voice. You can see Uncle Tom now on pay-per-view. Just go to UncleTom.com and download it. The stories that these courageous people have to tell will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. It's a story of redemption and hope. It's the story of America's black conservatives, and it's the truth. See Uncle Tom now. Just go to UncleTom.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With everything in our toolkit working for you, digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions, contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com, surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. Hey, John Stoggerwald here. I'm just here to tell you how much I love my pillow and how it's changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. That's really amazing. Now, I don't know if I love my pillow or the My Pillow mattress topper more. Get a My Pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. Now it comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. And it's made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money back guarantee. Just go to mypillow.com. And save 30%. Use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. When you do, Mike gives you two standard MyPillows free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. 
When Tom Yakupin at New Era Health Plans talks to people about health insurance, they tell him they worry about having quality health insurance and their finances. Tom knows he will help with both. Hi, Mike Gallagher here. People are paying huge deductibles and premiums with Obamacare, but you can get a health plan with exclusive benefits and features. No deadlines, enroll anytime. Plans include coverage for COVID-19 testing and medical expenses. If you're under 65 and in decent health, you, your family, or business buys your own health insurance, or you're paying ridiculous COBRA rates that you're going to have to change anyway, call Tom Yakupin at New Era Health Plans. They help folks buy health plans with flexible acceptance and rates 30 to 60% lower with no deductibles or copays. Compare your coverage to what New Era Health Plans can offer. This is the best non-Obamacare plan available today. Call 724-230-4500. Write it down. 724-230-4500 or go to NewEraHealthPlans.com. That's NewEraHealthPlans.com, a quality plan managed and chosen by you, not the government. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Get tired of wearing a mask? Head for Amsterdam. If you can get over there, the Dutch government says now that it's not going to advise the public to wear masks to slow the spread of coronavirus. Um, it was announced by the Minister for Medical Care, Tamara Van Ark, and uh, this is what the statement said. At a, she said at a press conference, because from a medical perspective there is no proven effectiveness of masks, the cabinet has decided that there will be no national obligation for wearing non-medical masks. Now, that uh, a lot of people, European countries, have made masks mandatory uh, in the inside and outdoor in crowds. So, the uh, another person there with the health ministry there, Jap Van Diesel, said that uh, um, that uh, they, even though that they have seen the, some of the uh, studies that say that masks are good, they said he says. We think if you're going to, yeah, you argued using masks incorrectly together with worse adherence to social distancing rules could increase the risk of transmitting the, the disease. So, quote, we think that if you're going to use a mask in public, then you must give good training for it. Um, so that there you go. Uh, the decision was made, even though they uh, are bucking the trend in Europe, they don't think the masks are doing any good. But they have a five-foot social distancing rule in the Netherlands. So if you do get on a plane anytime in the next, you know, few days and head for Amsterdam, when you get off the plane, you'll be really it'll be nice for you because it'll seem, you know, a lot you'll you'll feel like you have a lot more freedom. You only be able to you only have to measure the 5 feet between yourself and the next person instead of 6. That'll make you feel really good. So head for Amsterdam. No mask and only 5 feet social distancing. Of course people are going to die, but you know that's that comes with the territory. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.